For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. My name is Quentin Flynn. I'm here on The Geek Show. Uh, why? Because I play Raiden in the Metal Gear series. I am lightning, the rain transformed, and I have been transformed by hanging out on this show. So tune in and turn on. You'll love it. The Geek Show. It rocks. It's a lot. Oh, no. No, no, it's dead. It's dead, guys. We can't bring it back to life. Yes, this isn't Frankenstein, our people. This is the Geek Show, bringing you all the mad news the world has to offer. I am Rob, and today I've been joined by Andrew, the other Rob, and Aiden. Hello. Say hello, peoples. Hello. Hello. It almost sounded like you said Andrew. Like, the other Rob is my nickname. <laughs> wow. Are we swapping places again, you, Andrew? You may be getting to that point of doing so many podcasts of each other that you, you can answer each other's... Like, we'll finish each other's sentences and become a bit of a married couple. It, it happens. Yeah, it's getting That's like actually that. actually terrifying. Yeah, it's getting like because that anyway. literally just before the show started, yeah. me and Rob had a Facebook conversation about planning our next show, which involved us discussing... It's a date, and Rob saying he wanted flowers. Chocolates. I want to be swept oh, off my wow. feet. <laughs> Should we just give you a bottle of wine as well? Single pigeon spear. <laughs> it is... is oh, is, keep to myself out. I don't like it. Did you do the lady in the tram sketch in your head involving me and you? <laughs> <laughs> who, who was the tramp in that situation? I feel like I don't want to answer that question, but... Uh, the answer, but I did anyway. I answered it anyway. Oh, fuck <laughs> words. <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> right. Who was the woman in that relationship then? I'm not well, sure. Rob does have the, who was the tra- who was it? <laughs> Yeah, Rob can be the Rob can be the tramp. I can be the tramp because <laughs> I'm from I'm from South no, Bank. No, no. Oh, I'm getting confused with Disney films. Damn them! <laughs> I'm making a mess out of everything. I think we better just move on. Of yeah, let, let's have a let's bit of move breakdown on. Breakdown with words. Let's move on to the news and. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, we're going to start off with the UK actually. According to uh, <laughs> I, I love this. According to research, oh, whoa, 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 yeah? whoa! You're not allowed the cops when you're reading the stories. What is this? Just, Say it again properly. Just, just hang on. Uh, just hang on. <laughs> According to research by comparison website cable.co.uk, right? They found that an insane seventy-seven percent of us are more likely to stay with our internet service provider than with our significant other. Awkward silence. <laughs> um, yeah, where'd you even begin on that? I mean, <laughs> usually when internet service is bad, you think, you know what, BT, I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be fair, they're the worst. <laughs> so, people have, people that are okay sort of ending a relationship um, via text or a post on somebody else's Facebook wall. But internet... You just put up with it. The yeah. internet is like a really abusive. Well, this is it. This happens a lot on this. You know, things get related to really abusive father figures as technology. No, you know, no, no. And the ISPs are like the really abus- abusive boyfriend. You know, I know he. Lo- I know they love me down in, deep down inside. Oh, why's the Wi-Fi gone off again? Stop t- isolating me, please. No, no. If I can just get through to their customer services, <laughs> I can show them how much I love them. This time will be different. <laughs> yes. Should I'll be honest, worried? though. Because I... my parents pay for my internet, so where does that fit into the metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but we, I feel like we need a, a diagram with strings and a crazy wall to work it all out. <laughs> yeah, I'm We not... don't really. I just like the idea of having a crazy wall with strings to work stuff out. It happens in all the movies. Why can't I have one? That's not fair. I demand one. Oh. You, man, you demand a crazy wall? Yeah, you know, when it's like a conspiracy thriller and they're trying to figure it all out and they've got like a, a wall with loads of strings and photos and stuff. Yeah. Figuring out who's connected to who. 
And as soon as they get the theory wrong, they just immediately throw a mug against the wall and slam their hands on the desk going, damn it! Yeah, how dare you I deprive was... me of that, Andrew? <laughs> that was because of, like, the seven hours they spent off-screen trying to untangle all the red string. And just when they found out that was for nothing, they can't take it I anymore. Know. I know this isn't related to in any way, but imagine if that person had a cat. That, <laughs> The conspiracy wall has found its, you know, its number one enemy. What if Mr. Tibbles is really an agent of the Illuminati? <laughs> just to mess up the crazy wall. Could be. You never know. <clears throat> so internet, yeah? Yeah, internet. I don't even know how... Yeah, welcome to the madness, everyone. Don't even know how we got onto that conversation. Uh, looking at a slightly serious tone, it just shows how little we care about people. But if people threaten our internet, we just put the blinkers down and we don't care. But if you forget our birthday, or if you're 10 minutes late for something, you're gone. But internet, it's fine. What do we think of people these days? This is a really weird world we live in. Yes, I mean, it is. Internet never forgets my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Oh, yeah. I'm not Twitter sure. gives me streamers when it's my birthday. <laughs> people don't. People don't give me streamers. I want streamers. Why can't I have streamers too? <laughs> Where'd you even get streamers? I don't know, but I want them. <laughs> so we're the same shop as all the red string. It's all coming together. Yes, it is. Shall we move on? Well, to... well one thing before that, though. Where does, does is that just generally? Because I'd be curious to see what sort of a countryside internet whether that changes at all. I'm not sure, and I'm not even going to contemplate going there. Because I'm up. I'm not going to go there, but. No, no, because I'd have to be cut and I'd end up talking about incest and keeping it in the family and you can't do that. And that's bad. <laughs> Let's move on. It's going to have to get cut anyway because you did. I'm being meta and everything. Anyway, See, moving... I don't understand the problem. All in the Family is one of America's favourite comic strips. <laughs> Save. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to uh, Reverend Dan Woodhouse, who has recently been arrested by Lancashire Police on suspicion of causing criminal damage, right? Can you guess what he was causing criminal damage to? She oh, should be tough. Churches. Nope. Crosses. Nope. <laughs> the, the notion um, of an Englishman in his castle. Uh, close but no cigar. The, the the metaphorical significance of trees. <laughs> Again, close but no cigar. <laughs> the good reverend decided that uh, he wanted to send. He wa- He basically tried to disarm warplanes that were going to be sent to Saudi Arabia in the belief that disarmed or damaged planes would delay or lessen the impact of bombing runs on Yemen. So. Good intentions, <laughs> but he broke into BAE Systems. <laughs> you know, he broke into the BAE Systems facility in Walton, <laughs> tried to disarm the planes. Oh, please say he had, like, the shirt with the collar and a balaclava. I don't know. <laughs> Just a pair of uh, sunglasses and, a, like, a pair of fuzzy guns as well. Yes. This has Might Holly- as well just throw that in. You know, this has Hollywood remake up written all over it. <laughs> This is, uh, I don't know whether this no, is saying something about me. John Woo. Oh, yes. All I'm, all I'm picturing is a remake of Rambo, but instead of Rambo, it's the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, because now I'm remembering that trailer for, uh, what was it, uh, Robo Pope or Cyber Pope or something like that. <laughs> Just the Pope with loads of sort of face camo on, sort of <laughs> hugging the side of helicopters as they go up and so he can. He, 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 he instead of a, messes around with a circuitry and then it crashes and then he jumps to another plane and he just destroys everything. The pop. <laughs> yes. Instead of, a, instead of instead of emerging from a, sh- uh, a swamp like um, Apocalypse Now style, he just emerges from a bunch of hills with sheep around him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he's got I mean, to protect he, the flock. He's heart in the right place. It yeah, is in the right place. He's heart in the right place, but. but... There are better ways than breaking into BAE systems. It's the law. Because, you know, there's that, I hate to make things political, but it seems like every week we'll turn things political. <laughs> but, you know, well, there's, how that, could you not? Um, there's that um, petition on the government website, which has got like 1.8 million um, signatures to stop Trump coming into the country. 
that may as well be 1.8 million clouds in the sky with nothing in them because nothing's going to be shaped by that. It's like easy sort of um, it's an easy way to you know rally against the system without actually doing anything. Yeah. The protest doesn't mean anything anymore. It's just like, yeah, they're a protest. It doesn't matter. They'll be gone tomorrow. Yeah, but this guy, he realizes that. Trying to disarm you know, cyber. Uh, yeah, cyber ninja pop realizes that, <laughs> and he is going to take the war to the military. God damn it! I can't do it. What's I can't that? Think of any kind of pun that combines a ninja gaiden with some kind of popey thing. <laughs> well, the the pun has its limits. And clearly we found them. But, you know, fair play to the guy. Fair play, I mean, not many people have the cojones to do that anymore. I mean, us as a society... Well, commit a crime. Us as a society could learn a thing or two about the joy that you punched a horse in the face. Because he was saying no to the system. Don't really know what the question was that he was asking, but he was saying no to it and punched a horse in the face anyway. Right, I'm going to start a petition right now to get him memorialised. (laughs) <laughs> but you know you, there's one in Middlesbrough um, of I don't know what the, his role in society was but it's of a very Victorian looking gentleman holding a child up and apparently he did something in this town it's a pretty boring statue all told but people would come from far and wide to see a statue of a Geordie punching a horse in the face I mean I suppose it really depends on how he's holding the child I think by the scruff of the neck in the Middlesbrough one yeah see I would travel to see that. It's not quite as Oliver as I'm making it sound, but yeah. Statues are like the accidental nature of statues as well as like one in, I think it was uh, the Czech Republic or something, which is like a, or somewhere like that. I can't remember exactly. It might be Croatia, but it's like a great pub, like um, uh, 4K row. But when it snows, it looks like Darth Vader. So, oh, yeah. I, I yeah. think I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. <sighs> Cyber Ninja Pop. <laughs> I don't know why he's become a ninja now, but... Oh, Cyber. Cyber Ninja Pope. Uh, sounds like something trauma would make. Hey, remember when other Rock used to do this show with us? I do, yeah, he just vanished. Um, I don't know if I... Like, Pope, well, people, religious people, religious figureheads have been doing some interesting things. Uh, it was a few years ago, but there was that Pope, or that um, priest, or whatever he was, who was in a death metal band in Italy. And the church said, you know, it's either the death metal or the church. You can't have both. What about this guy? Can't he be, a, you know, a political dissident on the pulp as well? Which one did he choose, Rob? The church. Oh. He was in, like, the full get-up as well, the full um, habit and, you know, dog colour. <laughs> well, uh. I guess I can, I can see where the church is coming from. Yeah, I'm assuming if you search for death metal, if you search for death metal priest, you will find that band. Yeah, but like you know, Christian death metal—it's a dangerous habit to get into. Well, Christian rock is pretty, pretty. It was a pun. Rock. Laugh at it. Laugh at the pun. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on then to fish. Right. Recent research has found something interesting about fish. Apparently, fish show each other who's boss by peeing on each other. Oh, dear <laughs> me. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, if that's what the fish are into, who are we to judge? Exactly. As long as it's between two consenting adult fish, it's all fine. Just thinking about it, it's the way you genesis of you know evolution and how things come to be. I mean, creationism's not a thing, it's stupid. But just... Thousands of years ago, in the animal kingdom, all the other animals were sort of asserting their dominance and finding who they are. You know, um, deer were butting heads. That's fine, because they've got big horns in their head. Makes sense. Bears were fighting each other. Yep. Humans were throwing sticks at each other. Yep. And fish looked at all that and thought, you know what? You know what? Nah. That's not for us. We're just going to weigh on each other. <laughs> just as a sort of a genesis of an idea. Really, really weird. Evolution is a strange thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, feasibly, a fish could butt heads, I guess. They could slap... Oh, I've got to be careful of how I say this. They could... Um, slap the mackerel. Could, they could slap the mackerel, yeah. Right in the face. I'm not being rude there or anything. Mackerel is a type of fish. Um, I'm being fine. <laughs> 
Well, it does explain one particular aspect of human behaviour. It's genetic. If you like, Rob. If you like. Well, we're descended from fish, aren't we? Well, in and Andrew, you two are being particularly uh, starstruck by this amazing story. <laughs> what is... Can you imagine if that's what we actually did? <laughs> like, just, just two, like, massive geordies with, like, shaved heads and beer bellies just whipped the tackle <laughs> And whoever can pee oh. on the other first, that's who wins the fight. In a way, that'd be a much more peaceful world, though. It, it is. It, it mainly... Get on to Donald Trump. This is how we <laughs> fix everything. War wouldn't be a thing. I mean... The worst you could do with somebody is take the other end on for size, but, you know, people wouldn't, you know, there'd be no... Oh, do you think if someone wanted to take a shot at Donald Trump, one of the security guards would have to just, like, jump in front of the street? (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, crossing the streams would mean something totally different. It'd be a sign of love and peace, rather than anything disturbing. In the line of fire, it'd be a very different movie. You know that one about Clint Eastwood playing the president's bodyguard? Yeah. Westerns would be very different, never mind anything else. Oh, God, yeah. High noon. It'd basically be sort of specialist pornography, to be honest. Oh, dear. Don't, don't make me say it, otherwise I'm going to insert like a really obscure like pornographic director in this title, directed by such and such, which I'm not Go going to it. do. I'm not, by Tinto Brass. Ah, oh, he's a he's he he just he just likes the boobers. I saw Tinto Brass. Yes, he's an Italian who yeah. likes the boobies. Guys, guys, I found a game on Steam. Oh, called Hard Go West. On. Called what? <laughs> called Hard West. <laughs> oh, and get now close on the mic, Rob. While we're recording this, Rob is holding a small child. Yes, sorry, yeah. he's not old enough. <laughs> I mean, he's not old enough to understand the words. <laughs> We've been. Yeah, we've been talking all about this with Rob with the baby in his hand. This is, like, totally inappropriate <laughs> and most inopportune time to be talking about this. You say, when, you go, when you go to music festivals, you can get headphones to children so they can still listen but not hear at the same time. This is what an occasion like that. Them headphones are for occasions like this. Yes, they are. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have any of those. Well, shame on you. But it's, well, it's just... <laughs> Since we're already pretty far down this rabbit hole, what about the logistics of it? Surely the fish well, is going to th- be quite close, or the peas just kind of like going to dissipate. Well, the way I'm picturing it, it is it's basically the human equivalent of this. Was if you want to start a fight with somebody, to just walk up to them, poke your bum in the face, and fart. Because anatomy, <laughs> talk about like the anatomy of a fish. Actually, is that where a fish piddles out of? I think you're getting when is a fish piddle out? with. I think you're getting fish confused with baboons. Well, yeah, but where do fish piddle out of? It's like, sort of, I don't know the anatomy of them. I don't know either. I'm not even going to bother trying to study it. Oh, I, I imagine it's like um, somewhere on the stomach, isn't it? So human equivalent would be just like rubbing your chest on somebody's face. <laughs> what if they have like secret pee compartments inside and it's actually like a naval battle? <laughs> Fire the broadsides. <laughs> then they can they could have a game of battleships then, and then it wouldn't have ended well. Uh, I think the short version of what we're all saying here, here on the gig show, is the animal kingdom sure is weird. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Anyway, let's leave fish and their. Uh, Habits of conquest to one side. There is a new dating app called Hinge, right? Now, oh, really? Oh, just have a listen to this, right? Here we go. Right, the dating app called Hinge is testing a new service for the online data who thinks sex is cool but way too time consuming. It's called Audrey, and it is designed for people who are too lazy to make dates. That makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what? A dating app for people who don't want, who are too lazy to make dates. But what does it do? I don't know. <laughs> I just look at this and go, why? I, I can't even. How? What? 
<laughs> if you're too lazy to make should... begin. Yeah. If you're too lazy to make dates, you're not going to join a dating service in the first place. <laughs> well more probably Tinder and Grinder are already for people who don't want to go on dates. Exactly. The people who go, Let, let's have some naked fun times together and never call each other again. <laughs> exactly. And when you see them, you cross the opposite side of the road, pretending you never saw them. And moving on. <laughs> yeah. But then it's awkward because then the other person also crosses to the opposite side. So then you're both on the other side. So then you have to cross back. And quite, here's like a conundrum here, though. Isn't this basically what pornography is for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so is this for like for people people who like pornography who got a bit big for the britches and think you know they're better than the person they actually are and they feel you know what I should change myself I should better myself but can I be bothered? Eh, not really. <laughs> so it's like the lazy self superior porn addict. This <laughs> service is for exactly, <laughs> which is oh. smart market. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I've seen some dating services which are okay. I can sort of see the reasoning behind, but overall, it's just a bit weird. Like, I think there's the Disney server one, where whoever's a fan of Disney, like, gets uh, intermingle online and, like, talk about their favourite Disney movies. This is just bewildering. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back to the Disney one. Is is that, like, a, a furry service to turn up and sort of massive mascot uniforms i'm not gonna even try it might be i don't know it, i'm not gonna even answer that question i will i like uh, that 100 what it's for well you gotta remember these things, things a service is always defined by its most filthy people <laughs> and this is totally exactly. used by by disney fairies and with the case of what was the name um hinges a hin- hinge it's audrey it by hinge, hinge. Which sounds hinge. wrong when you say it. Audrey by Hinge. The hinge of what? Forgetting the fact that it sounds like a rude word that Teesiders use <laughs> to describe a part of a certain anatomy. <laughs> you know. Welcome to Parmore Date. This will be the next one. Just sound even more wrong. Yes, it does. It, 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 just, where does even the process come of calling like a dating app Hinge? What, what is that communicating? <laughs> what is that saying about oh its clientele? This is a dating app for swingers. <laughs> Silly swingers, they don't date. <laughs> but then why oh, is, is it called Hinge? But again, know. with the swingers thing, is a swingers thing for like a swinger who has like grown a sense of morality and thinking, you know what, I'm better than the other swingers, but I also really like being a swinger. I've just got to <laughs> ask, are they the king of the swingers? Oh. <laughs> No, they're the black sheep now of the swingers. Go- now we're going to have to tie this back to the Disney dating site we just had like a five minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I never noticed that. Did King you of just... the swingers. <laughs> the, jungle, <laughs> the jungle VIP. Yes. Oh, it's all time together. <laughs> we reached the top and had to stop. <laughs> oh, I've just opened the black hole. Oh, look what I've done. <laughs> not a good phrase there, Aiden. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm not, I'm not ashamed by that at all. But actually, That's it's a really. From the little mermaid is on there too. Yeah, but actually, Aiden's comment about the black hole is a good segue for the next story. <laughs> right, go on. Everything's better down where it's wetter. There, I said it. I had to. Well, down under, maybe. Uh, international research involving Monash University in Australia has finally solved a long-standing puzzle. Right. A long-standing scientific puzzle. The question on scientists' minds is, where does stardust really come from, right? It's like the dust found on meteors and stuff like that. Well, you know how they sometimes say the clue is in the name? Yeah. Where do you think stardust really comes from? Pixie dreams and magic wishes. 1980s executive boardrooms. It's... uh, They found that a good part... A portion of the stardust what they call stardust, is made up of the dust that you find around stars. <laughs> but if you know that stardust is just dust from stars, why is it called stardust in the first place? And he, overly, this is a, overly obvious. Okay, this is a study, right? 
which means they haven't just done it on the off the on back. They haven't just done it for like a laugh. Yeah. This this like group tank or whatever it is, those scientists. Yep. Got government funding. Uh some funding from some Oh area, yeah. Like, some, the thing uh, is, it's international research. It's international research, which means they got a research grant for this. Yeah, the research grant. Like just Thinking of the, the process of this, like a group of scientists went to like a body that finances this stuff and says, as bold as brass, I'm picturing it like Dragon, Dragon's Den, as bold as brass said, we want to find out what Stardust is. Yep. And instead of the dragons, it was like four six-year-olds, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who said, ooh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Give them loads of money. And then when the... Equivalent of Peter Capaldi or whatever the big one's called turned up. Peter Capaldi. Yeah, that one. <laughs> he he's, he spreads his wings a little bit. Yeah. So when 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 baby Peter Capaldi turns up and says, "So what is Stardust?" Does he? Dust of stars. <laughs> See, the, the whole. Adventure from beginning to end is absolute nonsense. <laughs> See, now, after your uh, quite long explanation, now I'm imagining Dragon's Den, but with an overlay of those Haribo adverts. <laughs> yeah, oh. that'd actually make it. <laughs> These days, it'd make it watchable. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love these little hearts because I'm lovely. Yeah. It doesn't quite work when it's a grown-up pretending to be a child. I know, I know. You're taking work. You know what you're doing there. You're taking work off. Um, I'm taking oh, work off the called? kids. No, no, you're not. You're taking work off that guy who's a British comedian who talks really high-pitched name. I can never remember. Joe Pasquale. You're taking work off Joe Pasquale. How dare you, Rob? <laughs> he's a British. No, I can't even say that. I was going to say he's a British institution, but for one second, I don't believe that to be true. Isn't he Australian? That's what I thought. I don't know. How can you yeah. tell? Can you tell what accent his his is with his voice that high pitched? To be honest, Australia can have him. Because <laughs> <laughs> Australia is just the dumping ground for people we don't want. Like scientists <laughs> yeah. who want to know what Stardust is made of. <laughs> uh, you know, if looking at science, the scientists have put like a rat, an ear on the back of a rat. They just, they just read that the rat can't hear well enough. You know, it's it's like a hearing aid for rats. That's what they're doing there. It makes perfect sense. But Stardust, was anybody really that desperate to know? Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I'm still confused by the fact that we didn't know it was dust from stars before. <laughs> and yet we called it yeah, Stardust. Just, the name Stardust is just a really lucky guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. This has been Timothy Oliphant is actually an Oliphant. <laughs> what? A, oh, a I'm just picturing it. Actually, Ella. apples made of pines. I don't <laughs> know anymore. <laughs> you see, once you open that up, I can't think of anything else other than, you know, I don't know. Um, let me, oh, it's Why are oranges called... Here, here's a question for your scientists. Oranges. What was first, the colour or the fruit? And why are they named after each other? People just really lazy. I mean, when the invent when apples, no, when bananas were invented, they weren't going to come. We're going to we're going to um, name this new great fruit yellows. No, but it was okay for oranges. Do that, scientists. Yes. Okay. It's better use of your time. Moving from Australia to uh, the Carnegie Museum in Pittsburgh. It's the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. Um, you're saying that wrong, Rob. What? You're saying it weird. What? A member of the Geek Show Podcast Network horribly mispronouncing a name. Carnegie. <laughs> yeah, you see, it's down weird. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's like a representative of Carnegie Hall or whatever it's called. Gonna turn that's exactly what I was about. To, that's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. It sounds too much like Carnegie. Uh, Carnegie, Mountain Carnegie, Christ, I don't it. know. I don't care. Deal with it. Pedantics. <laughs> anyway, We're all pedantics. let's call it Carnage. Uh, well, yeah, actually, calling it Carnage would actually be close. Uh, uh, they had a display that depicted a man on camelback fending off Barbary lions, and it was a bizarre taxidermy display. 
which got more di- more bizarre when they found out that uh, the man actually had a human skull inside him. So, so the man was like they thought it was just a model. Yeah, but actually had a human had a human skull in the head, and it's been in there for a hundred and fifty years, and for a hundred and fifty years, nobody noticed. The perfect murder. <laughs> <laughs> This just reminds me of, um, you know that film with Vincent Price in, um, I think, House of Wax? Yeah. This just, this just perfectly reminds of that. Like, maybe there's just been some disfigured uh, person just been murdering people, like, behind the scenes, like, I don't know, like, 1880s or something, and then just been doing that behind people's backs. The perfect crime. Possibly. I think, you, I think you're burying the... I'm going to say something hmm? that might, that, like, is probably going to upset you greatly. What's I've only seen the Paris Hilton version of House of Wax. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just Aiden you upset there. I think it's just generally people. Because <laughs> <laughs> I upset myself when I said it. I think, oh, Paris Hilton's a thing, isn't she? I think that is <sighs> the accurate... is a thing. Yep. No, no, she is. That is the in descriptive my defense, term. In that film, she gets a javelin thrown right through her face, and it's the best thing. <laughs> like, makes oh. the entire is that thing like? It. Is that like the episode where, if CSI, when Justin Bieber gets shot in the face? Yeah, he was no, in CSI. But that that thing with the javelin just reminds me of like a hitman kill from like one of those video games. It just sounds incredibly just darkly comic to me. Last part, international track and field has got a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> but going back, what, what is what's the statue of? Before you get the, sort of the skull, it was basically it. it was basically an Arab guy riding a camel, leaning over, stabbing a Barbary lion in the throat, and the the model of the guy it was called it was all a mannequin except for the head, which was modelled around a human skull. Like. It's just like the guy meant. It's like, is it a statue of an actual person? Yeah, it's a it's a model of an Arab guy leaning over a camel. He's riding a camel. Yeah, no, and leaning I mean, over. Is, yes, we know that part. Is yeah. the Arab guy like a real person? A no, historical figure. Yeah. No, it's just basically so it's just, what Americans thought an Arab guy looked like 150 years ago. Yeah. So, so it's not that it's like some weird grave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you say that? Who would want to go with that? Yeah. Yeah, I've just had a great idea for when I die. <laughs> oh, geez, someone's going to employ this in about like fifty years' time, where basically there's no gravestones. There's just basically wax figures of uh, people just standing over. I don't know where this is, where this person is, and then just a skeleton and inside like a wax figurine. To be, to be honest, though, um, I don't know what African nation is. I think it might be Ghana. I think it is Ghana, um, where it's not like um, caskets. Oh, anything like that that you get buried in. Well, it is technically, but it's caskets in the shape of anything. So if you oh. want to be buried in like a bit of ice cream, you can have a casket which is shaped like an ice cream carnet with some ice cream on the top. Yeah. Like literally anything is happening. I can't remember. I think it is Ghana. So you say that is what you want. It's not that far from happening, to be honest. <laughs> it's really not. I just want my body shot into space. That's all I want when I die. Yeah, I've decided That's pretty I want morbid. to be made into the shape of two fish peeing on each other. <laughs> <laughs> I've just realised, you know, you know all those blue plaques that we see everywhere saying this famous person was lived here for a while. That's just like well, a not really... locally, because it, no famous people lived here. <laughs> yeah, but they're all over London and and uh, the south. But it's just a really kind of ghetto form of taxidermy, isn't it? Because you've got to Not use really. your imagination. To, you've got to imagine that that person lived there instead of actually having an actual, you know, a painting or a model of that person actually living there or a room in the house set aside. It must be kind of an on that point though. It must be kind of annoying, you know, like on um, Neighbours. Yeah, I know this is a big leap, but the Australian TV soap, which is very, very popular in the UK and other countries, but that street isn't the same. The houses aren't the same as they are on TV. They're all sets. You only use the external things. Mm. So it must be really, really annoying for people to turn up, sort of looking around your street and want to look in your house because that's what will happen with those little signs on the side of your wall. People will turn up and say, uh, Shakespeare lived here. Ooh, I wonder what the house looks like. That's actually what happens yeah. a lot, you know, especially when it's somebody really if, famous. If, if you want to live in a house like that, what you need is like a, a big 
big brush to shoot people with. Sorry, you know when you said if you want to live in a house like oh, that? Oh, 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 even better. Oh, even better. What you want to do is get a porch, get a shotgun, and sit on it. And whenever somebody comes on, you say, get off my land. <laughs> uh, you know when you said uh, <laughs> if you want to live in a house like that? For some reason, I was just imagining Lloyd Grossman on one of those blue plaque versions of uh, <laughs> who's through the keyhole. Who'd live in a house like this? And whatever his voice sounds like. I, prefer, I think it's like sort of Western hillbillies who shoot anybody you'll see who comes in their garden that lives there. That's a much more satisfying idea to me. Like old man Logan. Like old man Logan. Yeah. <laughs> starts wi- just starts waving his fists in the air very disgruntledly. Well, that's literally what old man Logan is. He is the guy saying, get off my land. What but, was the, um, oh yeah, skull, skull in a statue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, how did they find out the skull was in the statue? Uh, like well, like Watchmen. I think they needed he was to do sort of, yeah, When I, he was like competing with all the all the, the, the displays that come alive at night, <laughs> uh, the Arab guy got a bit too heated in the uh, table hockey. <laughs> Bad things happened. <laughs> and that's how they discovered it. What, did he headbutt a Mongol or something like that? At this point, it's only speculation, but to me, it's obvious that, you know, he was doing some shenanigans when the the, the, the uh, things come alive at night, and somehow the Asian guy riding, uh, riding the camel, was, was he died. His head got knocked off. Possibly, possibly. Anyway, I'm just imagine. I'm just imagining that scene from the Omen. Like maybe he was hit by a, I don't know, like a puck, and then his head fell off. <laughs> fell fifteen feet in the air. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, moving on to the University. What of... would happen if you did? Sorry. It's like surely when those statues come alive, they've got like internal organs and stuff. Yeah, it's that's like, a point. What would happen if you ripped out Theodore Roosevelt's lungs and then he turned back into a statue? Like <laughs> lungs <laughs> evaporate. Do they come back when he comes back? In... Yeah, do they come back when he gets when he comes back to life? Maybe not. Maybe you've solved like the uh, the crisis when it comes to sort of donating bits of your body. Yeah, but I've just realised something based on what Andrew said. You know, Theodore Roosevelt in that movie uh, had a thing for uh, Hiawatha, was it? Oh, um, yeah, I think so. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that why he was sat like that on his horse? Sat like what, Rob? <laughs> John Wayne in the Mongol. <laughs> oh, the well, wallard, I mean, sorry. I guess this story started being about bones. So <laughs> let's end it on that lot. Uh, shall we move to the Northumbria University? Um, just up the road. Local university. Yeah, local university. Uh, during just up the road. A, yeah, during a lab test at Northumbria University last March, sports science students were supposed to receive around 300 milligrams of caffeine, right? But due to a misplaced decimal point, because they're getting, they're getting done now for it, due to a misplaced decimal point, uh, they were two of them were given... 30,000 milligrams, which is equal to th- <laughs> which is equal to 300 think... cups of coffee. It's basically recognised as a lethal dose, and now the university is very, very sorry. I don't think they are sorry. I think they were trying to make Popeye. <laughs> Popeye I... doesn't look like a huge... You know those like, uh, trailers? Not trailers, yeah. those links that you see on a website, which is all sort of annoying spammy links at the bottom of certain articles and certain websites. It says, you won't believe these humans are actually real. Yeah. And the guy looks like he's basically made in uh, PowerPoint. Not PowerPoint, that's a completely different thing in Photoshop. That's what Northumbria University were yeah. trying to do. They were trying to make that guy in that rubbish article come to life. Yeah. Well, They're trying to make terrible Photoshop people a reality. Apparently, so It's the... kind of the same science division as the Stardust guys. Possibly, yeah. In fact, in, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they got shipped off to join the Stardust guys. But yeah, the students suffered uh, quite violent side effects, including blurred vision, shaking, and massive weight loss. See, I, and I think that all happened at the same time. The weight just like vibrated off them. Is that like some scene from uh, from what's it, Eddie Murphy's version of the Nutty Professor? That's really disturbing when you say it like that, Andrew. Though. <laughs> Start convulsing. It's not a pleasant mental image now that I think about it. <laughs> you start convulsing and then the hand falls off. 
<laughs> they said ma- massive weight loss, not loss of body parts. Yeah, but if you had like really big hands, like Donald Trump doesn't, yeah. you lost one of them. You'd lose loads of weight. But then you can get a hook, and then you could pretend to be a pirate or a you know a radical cleric. I prefer pirate. And either way, their nickname could be Jittery Steve. <laughs> 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 Jittery Steve. Yes. Uh-huh. Anyway, the university's been fined £400,000 for the miscalculation. It does sound like a lot like, you know, those um, 1990s, 1980s sitcoms. Yeah. Where the sort of sitcoms where they have like gags like, if you're here, then that means, oh boy. <laughs> that sort of level of sitcom. Maybe that's the experiment they were doing as well. It's possible. It's possible. They were trying to revive rubbish sitcoms. But oh no, wait. Britain already has that. <laughs> scientific study to see that if we enact sitcom plots, will sitcom sound effects happen in real life? Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. We, we don't know. Dream. We don't know. We can dream. But staying with the idea of scientific study, uh, a school in Derbyshire has been testing a new learning system on its kids. Would you like to guess what system they've been testing? Or could it be the one that's on the national news about slippers? Yes. Apparently well, wearing... You're getting lazy with the news this week, Rob. Sorry? I was going to say waterboarding, but fine. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> this week on The Geek Show, Rob's been watching the news. Mm, no, I haven't. Oh. No. Um, you know what the story is then, Rob, so why don't you take the lead on this one? Well, the whole idea is um, this school in Derbyshire has been... It's, it's uh, doing an experiment to improve the way kids behave. Instead of wearing shoes, they allow them to wear slippers, and they found that the behaviour of the kids has improved, uh, they're more relaxed, they do more work, and they just generally get on better with each other, and all because they're allowed to wear slippers in the classroom. I mean, yeah, surely we already knew slippers are the greatest form of good in all of mankind. Hmm, yes, I will agree on that. There's nothing better than a comfy it... slipper. Well, nah, nah, because you see, some, I have a pair of slippers that the ones without a back, you know, so if you, you walk no, wrong, no. it'll just fly off your foot and slap somebody in the face. Why would you, why would you buy those, Rob? They were given to me, I, I didn't choose them, you know. And why did you not just immediately turn around and slap the person who gave them to you? They are very good for slapping people with, they're oh, very I, natural. You know, if a kid was, like, running to a teacher, like, for some reason, like, I don't know, I've got past my test, do you think the slipper will fly off and hit the teacher in the face? Possibly. I'll be, um... If it's those ones at the ones at the back, then it most certainly will happen. Oh. I don't think it'd work anywhere else, though. Aren't slippers a very a British thing? Do you know what else is a very British thing? What? Really slippery hardwood assembly floors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be chaos. Oh. Do kids still do assembly? Yes, I think. I assume so. I presume so, yeah. And the kids still do assembly and sing the song that you've got the whole world in his hands, the whole wide world in his hands, because Jesus has really massive hands, apparently. Oh, God, I'm, certain it wasn't, you know. I'm certain it wasn't Jesus. I think it was God. So God has big hands. That's the moral of that story. And also, oh what will you do with a drunk... It's, well, it's just, what will you do with a drunken sailor? What sort of... Why was that taught to kids? Because it's an important life lesson that you need to know, Rob. <laughs> What? Why? <laughs> Wait, that is the problem with society today: is that if if they come across a drunken sailor, there's just no idea. Except these I kids with the slippers. I actually, I actually can't remember what you do with a drunken sailor. I just remember the the rhythm, not even else. But these kids know. These kids with the slippers, they're not. It's like medicinal marijuana for kids, isn't it? There's <laughs> a leaf. <laughs> Child-friendly marijuana. Yes, maybe that. No, no, I don't mean like that, literally. I mean, you can't give kids marijuana. That would be, well, illegal for one. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like the closest you can get to giving kids something that would make them react like that without giving them that. E. So slippers. Yes, slippers. <laughs> yeah. um, shall we move across to uh, Japan? Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, we're going to start off with uh, something that uh, something that every every fan of this particular character would want but can't afford. Bandai Namco Entertainment are offering solid gold collectibles to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Ultraman. And first up is a solid gold bust weighing 11 kilograms of Ultraman 
And if you want to buy it, it will cost you a cool 110 million yen or $960,993. Ultraman's basically just a robot, isn't he? Like a, yeah. a guy in a cyber suit. Or... It's basically just... And that cyber suit is not made of solid gold, right? No. He's a, he's a fart. Do you think to buy that metal bust of Ultraman would actually cost more than it would to build Ultraman? Possibly yes, but I have just found yeah. a, I have just found a bit of a uh, a bit of a sting in the tail for this story, which will upset you and Andrew Rob. Ginza okay. Tanaka is the company that uh, made the solid gold bust of Ultraman, and in 2014, for the cool sum of one million four hundred seventy four thousand seven hundred eighty two dollars, they sold a one of a kind solid gold Godzilla. Oh, but I want it. <laughs> Solid gold. Like how big? I'm I'm going to find out. That's if like it was lit- oh my god, it's beautiful. If it was literally, if it was literally Godzilla size, I think Rob would have a heart attack. No, the, it, it is beautiful. It's uh, it weighs 15 kilo kilos of 24 karat gold, which means it's pretty big. He's a big boy. <laughs> yes. Like, could you just imagine, like? Having it in an office and just like having business meetings where you lounge back in your chair and just behind you is Godzilla. Solid it's gold. Solid. <laughs> oh my god! It's, I've just googled it and it is beautiful. <laughs> I, told I you. want to have it. I want. I want to have its babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> now seriously, they talk about bling, but this is kind of this is kind of the ultimate form of it. Ah, well, you imagine like, there's a bling off. Those things do exist. Yeah, I know. After dawn, they really, really should. You get loads of people, you get like the dart players with their million gold changes on the necks, because apparently that's a thing. Yes. <laughs> For some reason. You get the, the gangster hip-hoppers, and then you get the one like nerdy, nerdy guy who turns up, just slams his Godzilla down on the table. Just <laughs> innuendo right there. <laughs> his golden Godzilla. Never mind just Godzilla. <laughs> slams his golden Godzilla down on the floor and everybody just slack jawed in disbelief <laughs> what they see because nobody can beat golden Godzilla no it, it, it is no, no one. it is a beautiful thing isn't it so much better than that Ultraman really well, who cares about Ultraman we have got you know golden Godzilla like, oh look I, I, I... Touch it, but, but it's just a screen <laughs> oh look I, I have a... to grab it <laughs> I have a sil- I have a silver jet Jaguar that's nothing against golden Godzilla no Godzilla beats it in every in every sense. You know, it trumps it completely. Yeah, no, no one cares about Jet Jaguar. It's like you know, you don't need dream catchers. You just keep going Godzilla in your room. So you know, all the bad dreams won't even dare come near you because it's Godzilla and he's gold. What they're gonna do? Yeah, they'll just go stupid nightmares. Kid with his bronze Mothra. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mothra, <laughs> or his uh, brass King Ghidorah. That he inherited off his grandma. <sighs> Damn you, Rob, for bringing this new story into the show. <laughs> it's what you've done there. You made me realise I want one thing more than anything else in the world, and I'll never, ever, 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 ever have it. Unless you have one and a half million dollars. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> anyway, we're going to stay in Japan for the next story. Now, some of you may have heard of these uh, of this uh, of this group. Some of you may not. There's an all-girl group in Japan called AKB48. And Do they have golden Godzillas? No, they don't. They're an all-girl okay. idol group, but they've kind of raised one particular thing to the level of... Uh, well, the way they decide the members of AKB48 is really, really weird, and it's only just come to light how they actually decide who's got to be in AKB48. That they have a battle royale. Kind of. It's kind of a cross between the Hunger Games and rock, paper, scissors. Oh. Well, like, they have a rock, a piece of paper and some scissors. <laughs> not literally. the first one to kill all the others with the weapon of their choice wins. Not really. Not really. Not, not literally. Basically, what they do, they had, in 2016, they had uh, 98 of the most popular members... They split them into seven t- seven smaller pools. Then they had intense rounds of rock, paper, scissors to whittle them down to the final winner. Then those final seven got themselves a nice, tasty record contract. 
Now, can you imagine that applied to something like Britain's Got Talent or X Factor? It'd be a much more boring show. So when you say it's like Rock, Paper, Scissors, you mean it's exactly Rock, Paper, Scissors? They played Rock, Paper, Scissors to determine band members. To determine who was the best band members. Not by oh, talent. Oh, oh, oh. Not by talent. What they, did, what they actually do? Did they do like a life-size recreation of Alex the Kid? No. Like they had this like level of loads of platforming and then, then they got to the end of the level and they were faced by like, I don't know, like a giant rock monster and they played him in like rock, paper, scissors. Because it's Japan and of course they've got monsters. Seems a bit and easy. The one who... It's a giant rock monster that were on. <laughs> really, if you pick paper, you win. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's like a, a, scale, a scaling level of monsters that you have to fight yes. with rock, paper, scissors. It's Japan, you know, and they don't do things. Like, sat around a table, little glass of sake, doing rock, paper, scissors until somebody passes out or loses. Yeah. No, the, f- the super secret boss is Golden Godzilla. <laughs> oh, don't remind me about that. <laughs> I had to. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't. I'll, I'll, ha- so I'll have not. Because Golden Rock beats your normal scissors. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to go into like Ultraman mode to beat at least stand a chance against Golden Godzilla, and then you lose because come on, it's Golden Godzilla. Of course you lose. Wait, no, I've got it. How you win is you have to pit Golden Godzilla against a second Golden Godzilla, <laughs> and then they will just stay there for all of eternity because neither can overcome the other. That's your lot for today, so uh, we're going to leave you there. Uh, we will uh, see you next week, uh, hopefully with more interesting news and weird news and stuff like that. But until then, I have been Rob. I've been Andrew. I've been Rob. And I've been Eden. We'll see you all next week. And damn you. No, 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 no. And you don't get to say see you next week. Okay. And I'm speaking on the behalf of everybody out there who's listening to this, as well as the people on this table. Damn you, Rob, for promising things like go and Godzilla and we're not going to be able to get him ever. So on that bombshell, I think we have to leave. So, bye-bye. <laughs> Gordon Godzilla is life. He is life. Well, thanks for listening and enjoy the feeling of bitter disappointment. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.